welcome to the Waterways World Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Waterways World Podcast. I'm Bobby Cowling, the editor of the magazine. And in this episode, I'm speaking to Michelle Greenwood, the co-owner of boat building company TriStar Boats. TriStar is based at Red Hill Marina on the River Saw and produces a whole array of bespoke and often high-end narrowboats and wide beams. Michelle and I discuss some of the company's more unusual projects, how its customer demands are changing, and what it's like for her working in a largely male-dominated industry. So, let's take a listen. So you're definitely keeping it real being on the boat. What is the boat? This is an electric narrowboat called oh, Tism, it? yeah. So right. this is one of the boats I'm trying to put a film together for Quick Boat Show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's electric propulsion, it's a big thing, obviously. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. yeah. And where's it going? Is it a private customer? Yeah, it's a private customer who is out of the country at the moment, which is frustrating for him, I think. But, um, yeah, he's going to be based around uh, the northwest. Oh, right, OK. Yeah. Lovely. So how far, what's... <coughs> it looks like it's fairly far along. Yeah, it? it's not too bad, actually. I mean, obviously, it's not finished, but uh, all the installations are in. So it's got loads of solar panels which we need to fit, but we need to paint the exterior mm. and we need to finish fitting the appliances inside and then do the finishing touches. But everything's here mm. um, and we bought everything for it. So, yeah, it's close. Are, are you tending to, to move towards electric boats now? Yeah, we're finding that everyone is asking about electric propulsion, hybrids yeah. and other sort of sustainable boating sort of approaches and we're just really aware I don't know if you know about the government's clean maritime plan clean maritime plan so they're saying that by 2025 all boats all new boats should be capable of zero emissions or alternative propulsion that's quite demanding and um, it's something that builders I don't know it's going to be a challenge really were you already uh, along that road anyway? Yeah, we were finding that m- maybe half to three quarters of customers were asking about hybrids anyway, mm. and we've fitted quite a few, um, but a lot of people are still asking for, you know, boats are about diesel, really. They've been about diesel for years, for, years, for yeah. over a century. Yeah. And the boat building changes quite slowly, I would say, mm. in comparison to things like, cars things have changed over the past 10 years where customers are much more aware and they're more aware because of their own lives as well but then boating has typically lagged behind in lots of ways yeah but we've really noticed during lockdown i don't know if it's because obviously people are at home they've got access to the whole of the internet and they're finding information out and they're much more aware of what might be possible more advanced technologies for the boats that they're asking for. Right. So in the past year, what yeah. customers are asking for has changed quite a lot. So the gate is definitely a trend towards hybrid and... Uh, it, um, definitely electric. electric boating, lithium-ion batteries, um, a 
big thing is composting toilets. Oh, okay. Massive right. increase. So before this, we fitted two composting toilets on a boat. Yeah. And in the last two or three months, 90% of our inquiries have involved asking for a composting toilet. Wow. And wow. it's really interesting. What about uh, incinerating toilets? We've had inquiries have for you, those, yeah. Have you any, uh, <laughs> no. I'm quite intrigued by that. I'm intrigued. That, that whole, uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's either gas or electric, but they, they're very fuel-hungry, uh, aren't they? They're, they're this is the thing. So I'm intrigued like you are and I'd like to see one in operation you see with a composting toilet we've got one at home oh, have you? yeah because of where we live it's just it, it's the only option that works so when we fitted that five years ago I would tell customers that but customers would be like mm, well I'm not interested in that that's not me but now yeah. it's like a real sort of bonus that we can say we use one it's fine and you've got a family of Four, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, the, and it works right for you? Yeah, we've got a garden, so we live on a static houseboat. Yeah. So we've got a compost bin. Right. So this is the problem now. The Canal and River Trust have opened a can of worms yes, in a way. Yes. I don't know if you're aware yeah, of the we, whole... Yeah, we had the news last, last week. Yeah. yeah. So that's... Sort of... Apparently it's Biffa who... Uh, I think... The, yeah. I don't know. I'm, we need to look into it. Yeah. So I can't really comment on no. it. No. But it, uh, it's definitely... It's definitely of interest to, uh, to, to readers and, and listeners. Yeah. Um, so basically, and I think for me as well, so what interests me is I'm a person who lives aboard a boat and a boat builder, and I'm also involved with British Marine on their um, Inland Boat Building Committee and looking at the working party for um, the Clean Marine Plan, Clean Maritime Plan. So from those different points of view these things are all really relevant because as a boater you you want to be able to do things like composting toilet and as a boat builder you want to be recommending things that people can actually use from day to day and then approaching it from the industry it's 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 really interesting to have those three perspectives yeah yeah so how long has tristar been in existence uh, it's like 13 years now. 13 years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's, how did you, it's quite an interesting story <laughs> how it came about because you're not from a like, boating background. Not at all, and no. Is there, we should say there's, there's um, also Jeremy, your husband. Yes. And co- <laughs> co-owner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the, he's not from a boating background. Not at all, no. no. And. Uh, we never went on really boating holidays as children. I think he might have gone on one holiday as a child, but I'd never been on a boat, but I'd always lived around water. The long story is, which you might know, (laughs) we met in London, so I was... Where where were you brought up? I was brought up in Sandy Acre, which is near here. Oh, yeah. And Jeremy was brought up in Northern Ireland and then the um, Cheshire. Right. Uh, but we actually met in London, right. so uh, I was sort of homeless and my friend who lived on a narrow boat said I could stay on her boat and Jeremy had just started, just random, randomly decided to build himself a boat. Right. He'd, he'd come from a background in um, TV and film uh, scenery. He was a scenic carpenter wow. and I was uh, working in theatre design and... Um, so he brought his boat to the marina where I was living. Which marina was that? It was Blackwall. It was Poplar Dock. 
near Canary Wharf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so we were both living right next to Canary Wharf in a very industrial marina. Um, I started renting a narrowboat there, so I was living on a narrowboat. Um, My friend said, oh, someone's moved into the marina, he's building his boat and he's a doctor. And uh, I thought, it ticks all my boxes. (laughs) So anyway, he wasn't a doctor, but everything else was good. And uh, yeah, then we got together. So after we got married and we were planning a family and we thought we didn't really want to stay in London, we wanted to live closer to family. Did you end up like living on a boat together? Yeah, we lived on his boat that he was building and... um, we just talked about the fact that we had all of the sort of design and construction skills and some sort of engineering skills and basically the enthusiasm to make something. He was fed up with making things that um, were very temporary, so you'd build a set and it would just get ripped down and thrown away. And it just seemed so wasteful. And we really liked living on the water. So we actually moved to Sheffield into a house when we had the children... But then we thought, we've just missed living on boats. So we thought, let's just set up a boat building business. That seems like the logical thing to do. 2008. Yeah. That was like recession. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we moved back to the East Midlands and um, we came to Red Hill and we just started building boats in the field, speculatively. Were these kind of like uh, off the peg? uh, no, well, we built we built the sort of boat that we thought people would like, yeah. and it was massively unpopular. It was a painted interior. It was really contemporary looking. Um, it had four mica like duck egg blue four mica work surface. It was really nice, and it was absolutely a flop. Nobody wanted it. Um, we did sell that eventually and then we started to get customers and we started building more traditional interior boats but we've always after that built only to order when a customer's yeah. approached so us so you only build is it bespoke is that yeah so every boat we've built has been unusual or unique mm. for a customer and then it's just gradually built up so we moved into a workshop and then a bigger workshop and then this workshop yeah but what we've always tried to do is We've been attracted to or attracted the customers who want something that they can't get from an off-the-peg builder. And we find it difficult to say no to people who've got unusual or slightly unusual requests. And uh, so we've ended up making some really nice boats. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's it's going well now. What are some of the more unusual boats you've built? Well, obviously, the most recent one is the piano boat. Yes. So, uh, and the customers actually, they were so lovely. But I when they, them, have you, oh, you've met them, yeah. I was straight down oh, there to meet. I mean, as soon as I found yeah. there was a piano on the boat, and two things I love, I, I went down to London to visit them. Yeah, and they were fantastic. They're and so the boat nice. Is great and They're the, lovely. But obviously, the, the boat is. I'm afraid it's over there shadowed by the Starway Grand Piano. I know, the 65 Grand Piano or something. So they're funny because I was just making this edit now of this thing. They were saying we want a boat, which was originally a narrow boat, then a nine foot, then 12 foot. And they were like, it needs to be a home, two bedrooms, a boutique sort of Airbnb stroke hotel, full-size commercial kitchen, 
large saloon, big enough for a sort of good size electric piano, mm. which then became a full, uh, so medium sized grand piano, which then became a full size grand piano, which <laughs> yeah. is eight foot square, yeah. uh, air conditioning, underfloor heating, parquet floor, in an Art Deco sort of style, glossy. Yeah, we've got to get the piano in through the roof. The roof, yeah. yeah. And it was. It looked like drama, but actually it it was really close. Like, the, the space that we had for the piano to fit in was inches because the piano ended up being bigger than we'd built the boat for. Right. So it couldn't get in through the doors. Yeah, did you have to use the dog box? Yeah, so the move. dog box and, and the dog box, in. yeah, we yeah. were concerned that it affected the structural integrity of the roof of the boat, so it was as big as we were happy to make it. Yeah. And uh, I'm just really glad that we weren't putting the piano in as well because yes. it lowers in keys first. Yes. Obviously it, wrapped up. Steinway took control. Of that, Steinway didn't they? did that. Yeah. 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 But was that a boat where I imagine it was subject to a lot of change during the process of building it? Yeah. It's, I think this happens a lot because. It's really hard to envisage what the space is going to be like until you're in there. And Massa and Rihanna had a really clear idea and they were so clear at communicating, but they were also, I think, dangerously like us in that they would think, oh my God, I've just realised this is possible or, oh, wouldn't this be nice? So we'd talk a lot in the space and they'd, then they'd say, well... We'd really like the bathrooms to have gold fixtures and fittings, or how would this work? How would that work? So it evolved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I th- but yeah. That must be fairly, fairly usual when you. It is. It's. Uh, we always say to customers that if you've reached your budget, you still need to have a few, some money left at the end because you will always want to add more. Right. Yeah. So that was a really nice boat. Didn't you put a boat together for a, com- a person who was based overseas in Australia or something? Yeah, yeah. One of our boats, um, they were in Australia the whole time we were building. <laughs> so we were always Skyping them, trying to show them a corner of a bathroom saying, this, reassure them, this will be fine. And it's like the customer of this boat now. So we'd planned it um, before he went, but he works at sea. Right. And... Um, so at the moment he might be in Japan or China. So he'll give me a call and say, you know, he's keen for images and we put images on WhatsApp. But uh, he's sort of taken a leap of faith because he can't... I mean, he couldn't really come and see the boat anyway with lockdown. Yeah. But he's literally going to be away for the whole duration of the build. Wow. On the other side of the world, he can't get back to us. And even when he's in the UK, he's got to quarantine. So he'll see his boat in the Crick video that I'm making, mm. Mm. really. And that's happened with another boat where um, the customer's they couldn't get to the boat so the boat we're just we're trying to hand over a boat we've been trying to hand it over since the beginning of January we've had one thing after another we've had floods we've had lockdown we've had the snow so we could ice so we couldn't move the boat which boat's that? it's called Keelwo and it's a narrow boat so the boat was ready at the beginning of January is it out where is it now though is it outside? it's outside now because Ah. we'd We'd set off to take it, you know, Sawley Marina. Yes. So, because it was flooded here, 
We said as soon as the water drops, we'll take it to Sawley, where their mooring is. And we got to Trent Lock and we stopped and the water levels were really high. Then it was the storm and yeah. the flood. So the boat was tied up and we every day we'd go to Trent Lock and we had another boater there who was also stranded. The water went up about eight feet. The Trent was just impassable. Yeah. We've done it bad in the Midlands, haven't we? That's it's that. just really... Where are you based? Uh, we're in Burton. Oh, Trent. of course. So yeah. has Burton been bad? Well, it's just... I think just generally it seems like it was very, very wet. And I think more so than of the place. Unusually. Because usually yeah. we don't bear the brunt of most weather. Yeah. But I think we did with the, the floods in uh, January. Yeah. yeah, it's been bad. And I think... I think January for us was a hard month. Like, so I travel by kayak to work normally. Yeah, I was going to talk about this because that's a great story. I know, but it's we'll been. I had to abandon it. So that was abandoned because I was on the way to work and I just couldn't make it all the way here. The floods. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. So, I guess you don't have a typical customer. No, no. Any similarities at all? Um, we do tend to get customers who for some reason are from an engineering or a technical background and I think that's because we've typically been approached for things like hybrids or electric boats or you know a Dutch barge we had with a hydraulic wheelhouse that um, we sort of made our own design for that or people that want to sort of control a little bit more what their boat looks like. We find that we're getting younger customers inquiring because in the past it was like people in their mid-60s, you yeah. know, that classic retired couple. Um, but I think our youngest co- our customers have been in their mid-20s. Really? Yeah. That's got to be yeah. unusual, hasn't it? I think so, and that's been more female. So we've actually had three or four either where it's just been a female on their own or the female has dictated the build whereas still typically it would be sort of more a male approaching us or having that knowledge or experience yeah i do think when you're on a boat you need to be either confident or a bit competent or have you know be prepared to approach maintaining things Maintaining you mean systems. Sort of have a mechanical or an engineering or a practical kind of mindset. Yeah, definitely. Or even if you've not got one, you sort of have to cultivate one. Yeah, very yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I think this is what we say to people it's it's a home but it's a vehicle and it's a complex system. Mm. It's so complex, the electricity, electronics, engineering, so We've found we have competent people on the whole approaching us, although we have built a boat for someone who he'd never been on a boat before right. until we handed it over to him, and that was to live on. Right. And did he, had he done his research? Did he know what he was getting himself into? I think so. I don't know. I don't think he's on it now, but, yeah. So do you, I'm interested by the young people. Do you, yeah. Are those some... Um, do you know if they're kind of heading down to London or they kind of... Yeah, so... so it's, 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 that's a, this is really an outcome of the housing crisis, isn't it? That's yeah. what we thought. So, And, for example, so one of the other more unusual boats we had where it was um, 
very aesthetic, well, two of them actually very aesthetically driven, so more of an apartment boat, I would say, where it's a wide beam and the person's got ideas for, like, reusing um, reclaimed wooden floors or different kind of surfaces, like one of them had copper work surfaces, um, reusing sort of vintage fixtures and fittings and light and portholes. Um, so I think there is more of a market for that, whereas you do notice more the... It does seem to be the wide beams versus the narrowboats, where the narrowboats are still very much... The people want to cruise, they want a boat that will go places, be an efficient boat for moving around in, but also have a cosy and comfortable interior yeah, yeah. versus the apartment boats that have got high spec interiors and the customers are very tech savvy as well they want this like sound systems wow. and yeah. uh aircon and underfloor heating and things like they'd have in their home they want that they want a hive system or something like that so we're sort of trying to keep up with that you find they keep you on the toes then yes yes Really? No, because this is what I mean. The combination of the the customer being very tech savvy, and then in the past year having that time to become very competent and knowledgeable and informed about what is possible, and then coming to us and telling us this should be, be possible, yeah, this can be yeah. done, can we have it, and then us thinking we feel it should be able to be done. Mm, mm. We'll learn how to do it. Oh, that's good. So you're constantly being set new uh, challenges by your customers. So yeah. it must be interesting, man. It know? is. Do you ever find that people know too much or, or kind of want to dictate a little bit too much or control the, the build? I think this is a problem where it's a bespoke boat because if we're not 100% sure until they're on the boat, it just as a business, it's not a viable way to work, is it, where you're learning and giving delivering it to the person so or there are times when we say to people we feel this won't work and we recommend you don't have it and in the past there's been things like that where they've said okay and there's been times when they've said we really really want this and we've said okay we're telling you we don't think it'll work and then sometimes they've been right and right. it's worked really well okay. and sometimes we've been right and it's not worked. It's not worked yeah. And you're going to ask me for examples, aren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> can I just think? No, not specific. I can't remember. You, you, can, you can dodge that one. Which is fair, yeah, I mean, it's fairly unusual, isn't it? It's a, it's a rather mm. male dominated industry still. Yeah, I think I've always been attracted to working in something very practical and to working in this kind of environment, working with tools, making things. I, I think I'm surprised that there aren't more women doing this kind of thing, to be mm. honest. I think there probably will be more. I think that's why it was important for me to get involved in British Marine because there is a very sort of 
I suppose typically there's more men involved in this business. Yeah. I just I just wonder if it changes the dynamic of the company. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. Uh, or your relationship with customers. Yeah. Because yeah. I imagine that most boat buyers tend to be couples. Is that the case? Yeah. And, I, yeah. you know, tend to be... Most couples tend to be yeah. male and female. And yeah. I just wonder if the fact that there's a female there who's... Yeah. If that makes it easier for them. You know? Yeah. No, that you've just reminded me of lots of things. Yeah. So I think... I think it's really good and I think it does affect the dynamic of the company because, well, I've had really positive experiences of sort of managing people and working with people on site and obviously we've got really good people working for us. They've been brilliant and they're very skilled. So as a manager, sometimes I'm telling people or asking people to do things. There's, I couldn't do them mm. and... But I think we have a really good rapport and relationship. And the same with the customers, that sometimes I think... I do think there's an element of us being approachable and, like I was saying before about having female customers, I do wonder if sometimes that's helped. And one of the female customers who was buying a boat on her own, she actually said that she'd been to other companies and she just... She felt like she'd been sort of brushed off or not taken seriously and that was a big deal for her obviously because she just didn't want to buy a boat with them so I think that maybe communication can be one of our strong points and that that can possibly come from I don't know from being female or from personality I don't know it's a funny situation isn't it because what I don't want to get all like irritated about being seen as like oh you're the secretary jeremy's the director of the business or whatever so it's a is that how people do perceive you i don't think so but i think possibly what the thing that bothered me most actually was the our own children who are teenagers and just thinking about what they thought we did for a living so what we do for a living is we both run and manage a company and project manage complex boat builds and design complex boats. And I'd say I probably manage more the constructional side of it, whereas Jeremy manages the technical side of it more. Um, but because it's a small company, we both sort of manage everything, including the publicity, the finance, and it's quite a big sort of thing for us. What the children see is they think that I'm sitting in an office, possibly typing, I don't know, and yeah. that Jeremy's doing something that involves getting dirty. Not the, the wood around and yeah. Yeah, the ballast and, yeah. I'd really like to be involved in young women getting more involved in engineering, technology, construction, mm-hmm. um, because I think they can bring skills that are really valuable in this kind of business. What would you advise a, a female looking to get into the boat building industry? Uh, there are apprenticeships yeah. and uh, there is a lot of work because sometimes it's really difficult to find skilled people. So you need to get the skills first, whether that's in steelwork or construction or painting. Mm-hmm. And um, then I'd say British Marine is a place to contact for apprenticeships. Mm. Um and we'd be interested if people wanted to approach us. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Yeah. 
So what's a typical day for you? At the moment, I'm coming backwards and forwards between being at home and being in the workshop. So on a typical day, I'd come in early and talk with the carpenters about what we're focusing on that day, um, whether it's sort of looking at building some of the room spaces or whatever. And then I might be doing some of the 3D modelling for a new boat or a quote for a customer. Um, on a day like today, we might be ballasting a boat, so we'd all get involved with that. Or if it's a well, new... That's just lifting brakes onto a boat, <laughs> Lifting huh? brakes. I was just <laughs> telling you earlier. So the wide beam we've got, it's going to have uh, two to 3,000 concrete bricks put in it. Cracking. So that's the Sunday morning job today. Then, um, so with the new boats uh, that we're just... If the subfloor's laid, I would be marking out the floor the room spaces for the floor because we do that that's how we start the build we mark out the floor mm. with tape so it's exactly right for then the room spaces to be built um i'm not doing any construction on boats at the moment no. um so there is a lot of admin and there's a lot of sort of financial sort of looking at the accounts and um it must be nice, though, to have that balance between kind of hands-on practical work and then more kind of sedentary kind of office kind yeah. of... Yeah. I was I'm envious of people who you can yeah. mix the two because it must... Yeah. They almost counteract each other, don't you? you know, Definitely. I mean, so my background's in fine art and sculpture and I really don't enjoy a job that's off desk based um, for me the ideal would be like 60 40 where 60 would be actually making things and mm. 40 would be doing admin and I think our plan is to use this space more because neither of us are getting time because we're running the business we're not getting time to make things so we're thinking this is a brilliant space for us to make things or teach people how to make things okay. um uh, use it because we've got all the machinery and equipment right um so yeah so what are you planning on that sounds like you've there's a beginnings of an idea forming here. yeah well we've talked to friends in the past we've got friends who've said they'd really like to learn woodworking skills or whatever and we talked about maybe that would be feasible for having some workshop sessions yeah but because we've been so busy with the building, it's not been possible. Mm. So what we've got at the moment is we've got a boat which we bought for ourselves, or Jeremy bought this boat, which he's just steel, um, redone the steel top sides. It was wooden. And our son, who's 16, is getting involved with welding on that as well. And we're going to be fitting that out and using that for more sort of personal making. But maybe getting involved... I don't know. It's a really early idea. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, I think so. One of the things I was very interested to talk to you about is your you live in the houseboat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll give the address, but where is that? Is it Long East? Yeah, it's yeah. on the Erewash Canal. Erewash, yeah. yeah. It's if if you look at my life, it is like I'm obsessed with water. It does look like ninety percent water. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we so, live. So yeah. tell me about what 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 is it um, a new build or is it historic? No, it's really old. It's a historic boat, so it's built we think in like uh, eighteen eighty or eighteen ninety. Oh, right. It's a really old boat. It was a bit of a trend for houseboats. It know, was. 
So I don't know if people know the area around Trent Lock, but it was a sort of local uh, holiday spot or sort of a day day trip kind of spot. We've got some really nice photos from the local reference library of things like a horse on a boat and people coming down for picnics. And uh, these they built five or six of these static sort of floating houses mm. with verandas on them and people would come down I think people lived on them as well Right. so we have got photos of our boat from early 1900s oh, yeah. and yeah so it's changed quite a lot since then but and there's four of you so it must have been quite a sizeable it is property. so it's about 70 foot by 14 foot right so it's not massive um but we've got three bedrooms on that and we've got a piano as well okay yeah <laughs> uh and we've got a garden so it's a really nice spot uh, and we just we just saw that by chance as we were walking along down Trentlock one day. We saw that it was for sale. And I think the people who lived in it before were the people who actually built Sawley Marina. Oh, okay. So they were a big waterways family in the East Midlands. Yeah, yeah. Get some authentic background noise here, but no, it's fine. It's, it's the, okay. the might be, uh, <laughs> be fine. Um, does it present any challenges living by the canal? It's ironic that obviously the canal levels don't change so while we've had we're right next to the river trent which fluctuates massively so recent floods have been a massive problem in terms of getting to work and being around the area and the car park being flooded but our house itself doesn't move except when the beast from the east came last year so our boat was nearly blown off its moorings which was really alarming and then another time with the floods a 40 foot tree fell and just missed our boat (laughs) other than that it's fine and it allows you to commute to work which sounds like the most dreamy idyllic thing it is I love it so uh, usually I go by kayak and I just get in my kayak at home Paddle to the lock, walk around the lock, lock. and then paddle up down the Trent and up the Saw. And it's a sort of 15-minute journey. 15 minutes. Brilliant. Yeah, it must keep you fit. This is it. So, well, I'm a rower as well, so I row at Trent Lock. Um, But, yeah, the kayaking is something I've done more than any other sport because of doing it every day for five or six years now. Mm. So, yeah. Did the whole family... Did they each have a canoe and... The younger Greenwoods are not as interested. At one point, our son was going to kayak to school because his school's just down the canal. He did do it once, um, but uh, that's not really happened. But, yeah, no, me and Jeremy have both tended to come by water. It's just so much quicker than going by road. Yeah, yeah, and nicer as well. I mean, there's no... I mean, it's just the dream, isn't it? I think so. I think... That has to be one of the high points, really. Even when it's cold or even raining or, you know, icy, it's just fantastic. The waterway, the the corner where the Trent meets the Saw. So I'm really familiar with it from kayaking and rowing. And I just feel it's like you own that area as well because I'm there all the time. It's yeah. like my area. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it changes as the water level changes. 
So I've found this month really difficult because I've had to travel on the train. No. So you got East Midlands Parkway. Yeah. So how long does that take? That seems. It's a four-minute journey. Oh, okay. Uh, but then the, you have to walk each yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. To get the smelly trains. Yeah. Paddling. <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for your time today. Thank it's you. Been, it's been brilliant, and uh, no, thank you very much. Okay. Waterways World has been Britain's best-selling canals and rivers magazine since 1972. In each monthly issue, you'll find the latest waterway news, practical advice on boat buying and boat ownership, reviews of the latest craft and equipment, a pull-out cruising guide to help you plan your next trip, first-hand accounts of Waterways life, and insights into the history and heritage of our canals and rivers. For subscription offers, visit waterwaysworld.com, where you'll also find the searchable magazine archive, our interactive Ask an Expert advice section, and our boat search feature, the most comprehensive listing of canal boats for sale you'll find online. That's waterwaysworld.com.